Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, good morning and welcome to Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel. We're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. So come on out and join us if you can. You can also phone in to join the show at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. Makes it a little easier to remember. Or you can even text us at 217-351-5357. Our experts are standing by, including Marianne Metz back from vacation. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. John Weisgarber, good morning. Good morning. And Mr. Steve Brown, good morning. Good morning. I thought you were going to give him a chance to catch his breath and let him go last, but no. No. Well, you know, he knows what time the show starts. Well, you know, but he was doing (laughs) us all a favor by bringing this full card of great plants. That's an excellent yeah, point. Yeah, I started loading up the cart, and I go, oh, I want to get that, and I want to get that, and then it's like, well, I can't bring the whole store up, so. <laughs> well, it I looks just, like you're uh, tempting as it is. Yeah, we can't really call this show and tell, but we can call it tell. I guess it's show and tell for yeah. our little group here. Well, and then Brooke can take photos of it. Yeah. Brooke Sholem, <laughs> on-site engineer, and uh, she puts them on Facebook and Instagram. And what's that? No. Little Pilea, that, Instagram that and Twitter. really small leaf Facebook one that you Twitter. never, ever, ever see. They're so hard to find. This one's called Red Stem. I know. It's got a leaf that's the size of uh, an artillery, artillery firm or a, yeah. a fern or a um, Creeping Jenny or something. A little teeny tiny. Yeah. Dainty. And it has a red stem. How it about does. That? And it's kind of silvery green. Silvery green. Yeah, that's foliage. Pretty, it is very pretty. Yeah. So this is an eight-inch hanging basket. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really full. Pretty cool. And the other one, uh, Tiny Tears. Nice. Yep. Another kind Pilea. Yep. Kind of bright green. Yeah, it pilea is. Pilea is a pretty big genus, really, in terms of the... Actually, it is. The size and shapes of the leaves, and yeah, it is. Yeah, and then the other one, uh, it's so cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. With the textured leaves, and it's silver and bronze. These are all foliage houseplant hanging baskets yes. that could be used indoors in a medium to medium bright area, and certainly outside on a screened-in porch or something. That effect, or absolutely, wouldn't they be great spillers in a combo pot? Yeah, they what would. What texture and color? Absolutely. And if they were planted outside in a combo pot, probably more of a filtered sun, morning sun situation. Filtered sun, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, for I don't, sure. Oh, it, I try very hard not to have them in direct sun any time of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. It is. Uh, oh, the other one we were talking about, the Pilea, is called Friendship. Okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. You think that would be a great gift, huh? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was kind of my theme that I thought, time to refresh containers. Oh, it totally is. And mm-hmm. we had some really cool stuff. Well, I think everything you, you brought up, John, is something that could be used in most containers. Heucra, uh, for heaven's sakes. What a great foliage plant. Yeah. Uh, Coral bells, common name. And uh, that's a beautiful burgundy, large leaf, ruffled. Um, that's one of the ones that's in that 
Is that still on, or is that it's, no longer on? It's uh, it's regular price, but it's called Cherry Truffles. Just a beautiful coloration. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? That, what a great dark color to transition into your fall. Because oh. it won't yeah. be long before we'll be putting out pumpkins and mums. scarecrows and mums and all that stuff. Right. But boy, that's a beautiful color. You know, it's funny if you look at John's card. Most of us would just, oh, I'm excited about these plants. I'll grab this plant, grab that plant, grab that. John does that, but he filters it by making sure they all coordinate together. They so, do. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like amazing. <laughs> the Coreopsis right behind it, the Threadleaf Coreopsis, has that same burgundy, cherry burgundy eye Center. in it. Yeah. And a gold yeah. edge on the flower, which goes perfectly with the other uh, gold-flowered plants that he brought up. Which goes perfectly, I mean, on and on and on. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right, Steve. So, so that heuchera that we were just describing, it goes perfectly with that. And then he's got some celosia and some fireworks grass and the grass. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that pretty? Isn't oh, wow. That's stunning. So that's an annual grass. That's a, the fireworks grass? Fireworks, yeah. yeah. It, it's a penicillium an rubber, annual. Uh, annual grass, but... Um, Purple, it's a it's a relative of the purple fountain grass, or, or a cousin, actually. Okay. It's just a different name. Can you treat it as a house plant? And just no. This no, it's not okay. going to no. be happy with that. No. Okay. But and, and that has become, in the small pots in the spring, our top-selling grass. That I mean, that's, that's eclipsed purple fountain grass as that's far as crazy. our volume. Yeah. But it has a, that white coloration and a, a little stripe in it, as well as the purple and green, so it's, it's very colorful. Oh, it's yeah. kind of a tricolor. Yeah. The, yes. the center is green, yeah. so it's growing out, but then... Yeah, as it grows out farther and farther, it just gets like reddish and then almost like a purple. But this is what's and so then, fun about summer that you can mix everything together. You can put perennials and you can put annuals, annuals and you can put tropical yeah. plants. And you're going to arguably yeah. have till the middle of October for most of these containers to look good. Could even be late October. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. And so it's not like you're going to be doing this for a month. You know, if you were to make some changes now, you could ride this for mm. two and a half months or exactly possibly or so. And then, November. like the croton that he just set down next to the fountain grass and the the coreopsis, uh, drawing out every color that's in those other plants. Mm-hmm. And you could you could actually take dig that up and use that one as a house plant because crotons make make pretty good house plants oh, you know in, in october when you're bringing your uh christmas cactus inside okay before the frost okay so. and if i were to do that with that one i would probably find a little bit larger generic pot yes you know if that's in a four inch pot now i'd probably find about a six inch pot or so and yes. plant it in that and then plant that generic pot in my container that's a great idea so when i went to go lift it to bring it inside it i'm not having that transplant shock of tearing up the root system exactly as mm. much Great job, John! Oh my gosh, this is so. Uh, well, I was excited because I got a couple of containers. I want to, I want, I had to work on at home. So oh. I thought, if well, you had more yeah. sun, I think you might be buying one of the bougainvillea baskets. But since you oh don't gosh. have enough sun, okay, Marianne, tr- okay, Marianne did buy one. She's saying no. I I actually picked up two of them yesterday and and then put them back down because I wanted to look at the space again. But now, now I know how I'm going to use them. Well, th- I tell you what, the, w- we haven't had anything that looked like this all year. No, it's and this is incredible. a variegated green and white bougainvillea with a magenta 
uh, fuchsia flower. Screaming yeah. in your face, fuchsia. And it, it, which fuchsia screams flower. even more because of the light-colored foliage. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this would be somebody, if somebody had a potting shed kind of situation, this would be something that would be an easy overwinter. Yes, it would. To be looking good next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just am like really excited now. So what? thank you. This is, you know, our, our tropical vacation here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay, so what is the name of this again? This particular plant? Bougainvillea. Bougainvillea. And then uh, what does it like? Shade? It, it likes the tropics. That's what it likes. Oh, okay. It likes sun. Hot sun and humidity. Okay. Bougainvillea. Which we have 93% today. <laughs> According to AccuWeather, anyway. Perfect environment for it, then. Yeah, I would take that home in a heartbeat. And then, boy, the, are those petunias under it? Those are petunias. So the color. That's crazy. Are like blood red, just about. There, I've never seen such a beautiful, deep coloration in a petunia before. It's got that almost dark, purpley black center, center. which is cool. Yes. You know, it really makes that, that red stand out. Boy, it sure does. And you could just... Use that on its own. You could plop that in a large container, and you have an instant. Absolutely. And because it's a ten-inch hanging basket, and it's dripping over. Yeah, that's what that's what a lot of people are in. You know, I want to I want to you know a little spruce up, and oh, instant. Seriously. Yeah. Just like boom. Mm-hmm. And you cannot go wrong with lantana. Oh my gosh. Those baskets are so full of flower. Uh, this the one we're looking at here is. Orangey reds and you know, really deep coloration to a medium orange to a gold to almost a yellow on some of them. So, and that's just in one flower cluster. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're just and they're just loaded with flowers. What's so great about lantana is uh, if you're somebody that is neglectful of watering. Hey, what do you see? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> the, Not this group. <laughs> it can tolerate it in hot sun. It'll love it. Absolutely. And, uh, it's, great. it's great pollinator plant. Mm. You know, if you like bees and butterflies, they're on it. Sometimes hummingbirds. Nice. How can you not? Seriously. Pretty, what, what per, pretty cool show, John. This just makes you smile, doesn't it, all this? It really does. No. Yes. <laughs> just beautiful. I, all the blooms, certainly, but even just the variegated leaves on on uh, on. The house plants? The, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> On that corn plant. I didn't know if it was safe to call it a house plant, yeah. really. It's yes, uh, actually, some that, of them. Dracaena. That, those are, those oh, are house plants. Dracaena marley. Wait. There's so many Dracaenas. Oh, there, and some of them are just, wow. Yeah. That one are. is. Beautiful sure. striations in it. Yeah, in the, and, and as Steve just said, common name is corn plant. Oh, corn plant. I could see that. And that's just a cultivar that's um, even more clean and more distinct in its variegation than the regular mass and Gina. I mean, this one is just outstanding. Yeah, it really is. Oh, and, and the so many plants, so little time. Yeah. You know, Brooke, as you're taking photos of these to put on Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. okay, uh, make sure to get one one full shot because they do all coordinate so well, at least easier. As much as you can fit into the photo, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Good. So... so, so Anything uh, in particular with customers this week with gardening? Is it uh, Uh, new problems or new concerns? Yeah. Uh, What are those pink lilies with no foliage sticking (laughs) up out of the ground? (laughs) 
I was talking about those this morning. Were you? Yeah. I have some of those in my yard popping up. Oh, cool. Good for you. So it must have been a surprise lily to you. Yeah. Oh, that's what the other... Naked ladies? Painted lady, naked lady, surprise lily. I knew they Or like chorus, whatever you want to call them. Resurrection lily. Like, I really want to get rid of those. Surprise lily. They, they, they're a great sharing plant. Really? Yeah. I, you can just see the neighborhood where somebody got one, and now there's a million of them. I mean, they're great for sharing with, with friends and relatives. Yeah. Great. Because, yeah, it's so funny because now, you know, I've noticed the ones in my yard. And then since they're front of mind, I'm noticing them in everybody else's yards. Like, oh, they have them and they have them. Yeah. <laughs> you can just see who we're friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the fun thing about it is the foliage comes up in the spring. Oh. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of dies away, and you just don't even kind think of about, about it. Just it, like yeah. any bulb plant would. Yeah. yeah. Right? Except yeah. there's no flower. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden, boom. In the middle of pink. August, this beautiful stem with beautiful light pink on it. Yeah. Uh, those are a fall-planted bulb. You buy those in the fall, September-ish? Yeah, they'll come in just after Labor Day-ish. Okay. Ish. And it's Lycoris. Is the genus is the name of the bulb? Yep. Okay. And uh, we, we have carried some other colors in the past, but they aren't reliably winter hardy. Mm-hmm. And this pink one is the one that is reliable I in have our an, area. I have an orange one that is reliable. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had it. In its microclimate. Well, it used to be in a microclimate. It's not so much anymore. <laughs> Mostly, okay. I've got a big open area now. But oh, because uh, you lost your tree. Well, but you're, st- you're <laughs> still pond, but you're and, still yeah. protected. Oh, I'm very protected in, in my my yard. Yeah, is very I mean, protected. I don't think you're I don't think you're five B in your yard. No, I'm totally zone six. You're six. I know eight. that's thirty miles away from here, but it's really it makes a difference. Yes, it does. That's, that's all. All that does. But but I've had it probably for eight or ten years. I got it from a friend on in Carol, in the Carolinas. In the nursery business, and mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of different colors of lycoris available. But you have to be real careful when you're buying them, the other colors, because most of them are not already here. Wow. Well, there's a brilliant red that would just be dynamite to have, but no, that's a zone eight. <laughs> oh. So yeah, be careful. Okay. And I, and I think they're great in a garden bed area that you have intended for perennials or annuals or a mixture of both or whatever. I just don't care for these things when they're randomly popping up in lawns and uh, grassy yeah. areas. Yeah. Oh, that can happen? Apparently, because yeah. you're going to be talking about it. Okay. And, you know, and certainly out in the country, you see that more often than, than, than maybe in town. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like either there was a flower bed there at one point in time that's just grassed over now or... A squirrel did a little transplanting or whatever yeah. may have happened, happened. But, Which uh, they have want to do. You know that. Um, Those pesky squirrels. With surprise lilies. Any kind of bulb. Any kind of bulb. They dig up and take okay. them, do whatever it is they want to do with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Walnut trees, oak trees. Get those coming up everywhere, yeah. don't you? Yeah. I do. Yeah. 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 Okay. I gotcha. So. 3569397 is what, our phone number. What are them? They're pink things in my yard, huh? That's one of the. Those pink things. Yeah. yeah. Anything else going on this no. week? We have a text. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Cool. It says, uh, how do you deadhead cannas? What can you take off the spent flower? I just, it's spent. I just did that last night. You did? So, yeah, they they have kind of a long uh, flower scape 
where the flower actually is. It's a longscape anyway, but uh, as they deteriorate, they, they deteriorate from the bottom up. Oh. And I carefully try to pull the, the ones that have deteriorated off because there will be four or five more blooms above them. Uh, when those are finished, I go, I take the stem all the way down to the next leaf, which can sometimes be two feet or three feet because can of flowers can be very tall. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the plant's going to look clean and fresh again. Yeah, no flower on it, but clean and fresh. And then three days later, there's another flower on the next the next shoot that comes up. I mean, they just grow like crazy in this kind of weather. Well, like somebody smart that I've heard talking recently on a radio commercial, it just redirects the plant's energy, right? Yeah. When every time you deadhead, it and does. then all of a sudden you get a flush of growth, and what then a, that growth what a smart typically person. produces flowers. She is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, did I say she? I wonder who I'm talking about. <laughs> I, heard that. Yeah. I thought it was he. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was anyway, she. the canis. Anyway. You were think, both in the commercial hall. <laughs> my Cleopatra. Boy, that one's been blooming like crazy. My canna, Cleopatra. The one that has a split personality. It's orange and, I mean, Do yellow tell. and red on the same uh, plant. Oh. And the leaf can be green and purple or, you know, that burgundy on the same plant. Wow. Whether it's striped or half and half or, the, I mean, it's just a really interesting plant because it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, I think the foliage is just as exciting as the, oh, as the, totally. which color is the bloom yeah, going to be? I, totally. I probably like the foliage better than I like the flower. Yeah. I wow. think I do too. I mean, the flowers yeah. are great. But I really, really, really like the foliage. And that's so, the Cleopatra so, canna. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So on the canna, if you, if you do leave that flower scape on there, to eventually it will start to form uh, a ball that looks a little knobby ball. Yeah. Uh, Almost like a sweet gum, yes. only not sticky. Well, yeah, yeah oh. maybe it is. We had a, a customer email us a picture of, oh, what's wrong with my plant? <laughs> but... You know, it was just that it had gone to seed and oh, needed okay. to be taken off so we could, they could get new ones. Okay. Back on the deadheading thing, I think one of the most common plants right now that <clears throat> probably deserve to be deadheaded just to extend the season would be butterfly bush. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or budleia. Yeah. Right? And we know there's different heights. There's some that are crazy five or six feet tall, and there's some that stay a foot and a half to two feet tall, and everything in between. In between yeah. And so... Probably a couple different schools of thought on how much wackadoodle, or or just light removal of the spent blooms. So, what would can we talk about that for a second? Because I mean, it's one of our most popular plants. Sure. Well, Probably all of us need to do it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have time for stuff. Sometimes you don't. Anyway, the as it kind of the flower kind of cone actually gets kind of brownish as it yep. ages. It does. But there's always almost always going to be secondary uh, flower flowers coming out just below that main bud. And I would go down to that that joint where the the new buds are coming on and take off that, that main one. Yep. And, and sometimes that doesn't happen. So you would just go down to the first set of leaves that are coming out and cut right above that. Okay. So if you were to be a little bit more surgical... You'd be removing the the spent flower back to a, a, a node or set of buds or leaves or something. But you'd just basically be removing the spent blooms and not much more. Right. And you will see flowers, well, because you won't be cutting every flower off, only the spent ones. So you'll have color still immediately. The plant will look cleaner. You'll redirect the plant's energy. 
and you'll continue to get more and more flowers because the plant won't be putting energy into forming seeds on those right. flowers. Yep. And if you you could whack the crap out of it too instead, you right? You, want, you could. And you'd be setting the plant back in terms of immediate color and flower because you'd be basically removing almost everything. Yeah. But you might get a, a more vigorous reflush of flowers it, it completely over the plant. If, if you had a, wanted to wait at least a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. Yeah, you could do that. Both uh, both acceptable looks, you know. It just I kind of like the secondary buds coming on. It just kind of, kind of, it kind of, uh, what's the right word? It's uh, just nice to see almost almost continuous color. Mm-hmm. And those secondary ones might be a little bit smaller oh, than the initial sure. ones that Absolutely. came out. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll uh, on, not on Pugster. I'll just remove the the flowers on it because there's still so many fresh flowers coming on. Yeah. But maybe on the other couple varieties, maybe I'll do one wackadoodle and one selective and just see which I like better. And the good news is about butterfly bushes, budlias, they started at 40% off today. 40. Four zero. So. Nice. And we still have a nice selection of color. So it's time to get them. And, you know, there's, you know, Marianne talks about deadheading knockout roses, and I just kind of roll my eyes every time I hear her mention something <laughs> like that. I'm thinking, like, that's not something I'm going to be putting energy into. But yet now she's saying she wouldn't bother doing it to a butterfly bush. But I would do it to a butterfly bush. Uh-huh. Okay, so my impetus for doing the knockouts is um, controlling the height. Okay, I can see that. I don't want them to be, I don't want to be looking straight at them. You know, in uh, September, I, I like looking down on them. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of wow. Can, I've, I've, so far, all I've heard is control and looking down on them. Yeah. that's all I've gotten out of this conversation I'm, so I'm far. I'm a lot nicer to my just, plants than it sounds. But. I'm speechless at this moment, but, yeah. but uh, wow. And I think it all depends on where they're positioned Absolutely. as well. If, oh, if sure. They're, Absolutely. If they're a little bit further away where you're going to see them probably like Steve has his mm. as opposed to Marianne. I know yours will be closer in yeah. where you'll see them a lot. Yeah. I think uh, just for aesthetics, I think it looks cleaner when you take those off. Yeah. Yes, it definitely does. And yeah, in the back of the uh, flower bed, a five foot tall rose bush would work totally. But I think mine for, why did I do that? I put them at the front of the flower bed, but I'm trying to decide why I did that. Oh, maybe just so I could smell them. I don't know. Maybe. Because when you're sitting in your chair on the deck, you With can... With my glass of wine. And yeah. 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 Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, you're probably looking at them a lot longer than somebody in a car passing by. Probably. But maybe, yeah. I've never driven my car through the backyard, so I don't know. <laughs> Three, five, six, nine. Oh, it's a backyard. Not on purpose. I was thinking front yard. <laughs> no, okay. okay. <laughs> Three, five, six, nine, three, nine, seven is our phone number. Or you can text us at 217-351-5357. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. And we do have a couple of texts. Uh, the first one says, can you use Roundup or another product on weeds under an evergreen near the trunk and low-hanging branches, or will that harm the tree? That's from Marina. Marina. You can use it. You can. You just have to be very careful. Yeah. It's, it's a contact thing. If you, if you get it onto the tree, you're probably going to set the tree back a little bit or, or harm that particular branch. 
So you just have to be careful how you apply it. So she needs to keep it off the foliage of the pine, yep. of the evergreen. And even though they say if it's a heavily wooded, quirky trunk that it wouldn't cause any problems, I would still make sure I didn't spray it onto the trunk. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And certainly if it's a green trunk or a, a thin trunk, it's more exposed to, uh, to harm uh, and even perhaps killing the plant. So I would be very, very careful and uh, consider a rope wick situation or... If you were going to spray it, it'd have to be on a very, very, very calm day. Yeah. And if the weeds are tall, I would consider mowing or cutting the weeds down in height so they're only, you know, two, three, four inches tall, and then perhaps spraying that foliage just so I had less of a chance of a need to spray higher and then maybe have some drift or some overspray. Yeah, you're absolutely right about the uh, because it absorbs into foliage and takes it down into the root. But he's correct by saying cut it down to where it's more manageable you know three or four inches there's less spray that you'll have to put on it and better chance of it absorbing than on a, on a three inch plant as opposed to a three foot plant but the thing i think that a lot of people believe is that it moves through the ground the chemical does yes it doesn't it, it it'll it'll it affects the plant if it does not move to the ground. But yet you that aren't sh- purposely spraying the ground. You're just spraying the foliage of the weed, yes. the plant that you want to kill. Yeah. Right. And and that's why if if you did spray under the those pine trees, some of that spray could accidentally get onto the, the, the needles. And, you know, it's going to brown it out. So uh, maybe consider lifting those up. And like Steve said, maybe cutting some of the weeds shorter, maybe take a piece of cardboard around the trunk or a plastic as protection if you're going to be spraying, just so it doesn't spray onto there. That's a good idea. So. Okay. And what we've done around here, too, is we've, like John said, lifted them up, up the branches. We might take some two-by-four scraps or something and then just yes. prop them vertically underneath some of the branches just to lift them up another foot or, exactly. or more. Sure, or take some twine and, and pull them up temporarily. So they'll stay up until okay. that dries when it's absorbed into the plant. So. Okay, good. Boy, uh, that's a good question. I don't know how many weeds I have growing underneath evergreens. Uh, and and if I can't get to them before they seed, they just keep multiplying. Yes, they do. <laughs> so I'm going to be doing this kind of the same application that we just talked about because I have my poison ivy continual problem uh so i always make sure that it's cut back and i cut it all the way down and then i let it regrow until it's got about five or six leaf sets on it so it's pretty short and then it absorbs really well into it because it's they're young vigorous growth tender and more apt to take it in okay Ick. Good tip. Ick. Well, yeah, gotta, but gotta, nice to know that there's a Gotta gear up, too, but you gotta make sure you no know skin is exposed. I always wear a mask. Good. Gloves. Wow. Boots. Do you do long uh, sleeves? Hazmat. S- safety, uh, safety glasses? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, okay. John, wow. John reacts to poison ivy a, a, a lot. So you have to be very careful, but most people most people do. I'd be wearing the yeah. goggles because I'm spraying. That'd be the primary reason I'd be wearing. Oh it. yeah, and the mask. Okay, so uh, let's go back to the texts. Uh, the second one says, "I have a mum, B 
big, beautiful, and blooms opening. Can I pinch back to have blooms in the fall or just enjoy the color now? I'd enjoy the color now. Yeah, I would too. You know, a month ago, I would have said pinch it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, usually by the 4th of July, you want to have that done. Pinching. The pinching, yeah. What are you pinching? Just any blooms that are coming ahead of time? Or anybody or that walks you by. Want them? Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I think, I, you, it, you know, a month ago you would have been pinching probably not flowers. You would have been pinching vegetative growth okay. leaves back just to make it thicker, fuller. Then you'd set more buds and more flowers on the plant. Oh, but now, if he's already having buds crack and open, yeah. I think by the time you were to cut those back and get to rebud, you'd be so late into the season. You wouldn't uh, have probably much color. Yeah. But, yeah. but how cool that it's blooming now, and then the fall mums will be ready pretty soon. So you can have that transition of, of timing from oh. now all the way through probably into November if you wanted. Yes. Yeah. I'll bet you're right. And so there's a lot of different bloom times on that kind of and plant. And John's about yeah. to say, I've got some mums out there now. Yeah, we actually do. Oh, you do? we got yeah. some fall mums in. Oh. Uh, I think, what, six colors maybe? Uh, five colors, yeah. Five colors? Yeah. Wow, so just nice. about a little bit of everything yeah. out there. Just the right just the right size. It's a, it's a nine-inch pot. And perfect. Just a perfect mound. Yeah. You remember yeah. how much they are? Seven ninety-nine. <gasps> All righty then. I'm glad I asked. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's something I can afford. <laughs> All right, moving along to our texts. Thinking of planting a mimosa tree, do you have advice or an opinion about these trees? Yeah, move south. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> kind of like a well, crepe myrtle? <laughs> just yeah. isn't going to work here? Okay, so I that have... That was a little I harsh, have, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've grown mimosas. I love them. I, I had a, a chocolate mimosa, purple-leafed one, that was just just gorgeous. And I kept it in my Zone 7 garage. Oh. Um, they they typically are not hard to hear. In fact, um, just on the travels I did, I was seeing these things everywhere and blooming like crazy the further south I went. Um, they're not quite hard to hear. There, there might are, be. There are random ones. Well, I was going to say I mean, there there's, might a, be there's a handful in town, maybe. Little yeah. microclimates. I, I think I've seen maybe five or six of them here in town, actually. That, that you know, Good. are someplace you can see them. But, but they're, yeah. But by and large, they don't. In town. Yeah. <laughs> in the center. The, yeah. the <laughs> secret is. Yeah. Yeah. And the challenge is just mulching them isn't enough unless you're hoping that they only die back to the ground and come back every year. Yeah. Since it's a tree or a large shrub, whatever you want to call it, um, ideally you'd have it overwintering, you know, four, five, six, eight feet, ten feet in the air. Yeah. And that's just really, really tough. Yeah, it But is. again, you can, you'll you'll see some microclimates where that'll work, and then literally an, an hour south of here or more, it's they start no to become more pretty common. Pretty common. Yeah. And then certainly two or three hours from here, yeah, pretty common. Yeah. Huh. As, as with crepe myrtle. <laughs> as with crepe which, myrtle. Which, yeah. by the way, mine is blooming like crazy right now. It has a, a really uh, rich purple leaf and a bright red flower. Oh, oh it's just beautiful. Stunning. How cool is that? And but then what, yeah, how are you keeping a crepe myrtle? In my zone seven garage. Oh, okay. <laughs> she has it containerized. It's not planted in the ground. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. then I can put it anywhere I want it. Crepe I, if I need color over there, I, that's where I put it. Okay. It's out the driveway. It's where, yeah. but that but that's you, cool. But you need the zone seven. 
it's outdoor or I mean an outdoor environment. It needs to be yeah, cold, but not. You can't bring it in the house. Right. It needs to be cold, but not that as cold as we get. Okay. So it's it's not difficult. It's just heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it just wants attention. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Another text, good morning, our house and shed had new siding put on this week. They look great. The plants around the shed, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> yeah. Some heuchera and hostas were trampled. Should I cut them back or just let them die off? Both of those things happen. I just had a new roof put on our house. Yeah. So I, I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. It's Things like, just kind of get trampled as yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anything that's broken. I'd go ahead and remove, right? Yeah, crushed, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely yeah. Would. But other than that, I'd probably keep most of the foliage alive that I can. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think, yeah, absolutely. I'd be watering well, maybe once a week or so. The the tricky thing about taking all the foliage off right now, well, any of the foliage off is what's going to happen is going to shoot up foliage again, and we're getting into the part of the summer where it's. Maybe I shouldn't do any more cutting back you know, because the, the foliage, growth. yeah, the foliage will be too tender. But those are two of the toughest perennials oh, yeah. you could have. A- absolutely, those genus. So yeah, if you were going to do it to something, that would be one I wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. worry about. But yeah. if if there's other things involved, I'd be thinking about it. But certainly the ones that are broken and crushed and. I knew hosta. I assumed hosta would be tough enough, but euchre yeah. I wasn't sure of. Yeah, I'd I'd, no, I'd take tough. a hard look to see if I could just maybe complete how look good that's going to look with the new siding and everything else. And I would consider mulching around the plants if it needs a fresh coat of shredded bark mulch, and then I would remove at least the broken, damaged fo- foliage. I would water every bit of once every five to seven days. You know, maybe giving it a couple inches of, of water. And then I bet you will get a big flush of new growth. And then can you imagine how great that area is going to look with the new siding and the fresh foliage here yeah. in September? Yeah. It will. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? If they need to, if if it's where they're really concerned about it, I might consider buying some annuals and just popping in. Throwing in some color. To just Absolutely. get some color or, yeah. you know. It sounds like it's maybe shadier, so maybe some ferns would be really cool, too. Maybe they do an addition to to some perennial ferns. Right. Good idea. We have a caller at 356-9397. Let's talk to Scott from Sydney. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning. Oh, living the dream, just trying to stay cool. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How uh, can we help? Yeah, I got I got a question and then a, another name for you. And, uh, actually, I'll give you that first. Uh, lilies you were talking about earlier, resurrection lilies. Oh, that's right. I oh. forgot that common name also. That's a good yeah. name yep. too. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. naked well, lady, surprise lilies, uh, resurrection lilies, painted lady also. Oh, painted lady, right? Okay. So, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, plans. thank you. Well, the trick. Oh, you're welcome. Well, the trick with those is. Yeah, you get the green foliage, and uh, then it browns out and doesn't look very nice, and and uh, mow it down. But then you got to be about the second week of July. Let it let it let it go. Leave it be, because yep. otherwise you'll take yep. them out. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we're laughing uh, with you, dear. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so what was your question? Uh, uh, my question, uh, garden mums, yellow uh, mm. foliage. And uh, we have uh, one that uh, grows up on the east side of the house. Uh, and uh, we've uh, tra- uh, transplanting, I guess, is the uh, is the question. It's right by, uh, and we've thinned it a few times, and I actually tried to take a uh, uh, thinned uh, version of it and relocate it, and it hasn't uh, done very well. And we know, you know, leave them be while they're blooming, of course, but uh, it's it's right by a dryer vent, and, and uh, over the last couple of years, it's really filled in. looks great, and it's like, okay, I need to at least thin it. Uh, again, uh, but uh, you know, what September-ish, maybe. Uh, wait for the blooms to quit, and then sometime in September before we get uh, frost and freezing. I think you'd have better luck in the spring. I think I'd do it in the spring also. I, I would wait till spring, really. Woo! We all agree. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It sounds like you have a great environment for it, and it's really happy up there uh, near the foundation on the east side of the house. But uh, because they're not as reliable of a perennial as some others, um, I think it would have a better chance of ensuring it overwintering the next year if you were to wait till spring. Okay. Uh, once, once you f- first begin to see some growth emerging, Probably be a good time to dig it up, yeah. and you're going to have a very fibrous, pretty, pretty extensive root system, really. Uh, so I'd be digging. Mm, I don't know, no less than what a 12 or 15 inch ball, if you will. Probably something like that. Yeah, don't be shy. Yeah, okay. yeah don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's good. That's good to know. Because, yeah, we've had – well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you go uh, uh, buy, uh, buy mums here and there, and, and that's one thing that we've not had luck with is uh, uh, we've, we've planted them. We have a flower bed out on the west side of the house as well, and, uh, and they'll, they'll do beautiful through, the, uh, through fall and everything, and then springtime they're, they're, they're done. You don't, yeah. they, don't, they don't reoccur. And, and uh, which is uh, unfortunate. So we've just we've made the decision uh, a number of different years over the years that okay, well we're going to get them, we're going to plant them, and and uh, enjoy them in the fall. And if they don't come back, they don't come back because we do have the uh, I can't think what they call. That's terrible. Uh, oh, help me out, Memorial Day poppies. We have the we have the old old fashioned orange uh, poppies. Mm-hmm. That uh, that really come up in that uh, uh, on the west side of the house, and uh, so that sounds cool. I like those. Yeah, yeah, I do too. You yeah. know, as far as the uh, mums that you buy in the fall here that that are so popular, there's a couple things that you can do to help them overwinter. And you know, m- the mum family, chrysanthemum, is just a huge genus. And yeah. There's, I mean, there's thousands of varieties. And some are selected for different qualities, and um, and again, there's some some mums that are, if you want to call them more of a garden mum, that might bloom earlier, that are very aggressive and more flower in the summer and the early fall. And then there's these that are a little bit more traditional for fall decorating and things like that. But um, if you do plant the the ones for fall, planting them earlier instead of later in the season will help. Uh, if you can have them in a good, well-drained garden soil, that will help. Um, 
and I wouldn't cut them back in the fall, but once the foliage starts to deteriorate and die back, I would consider mulching them with a very well-drained, lightweight mulch like a shredded bark. Mm-hmm. And I would pile it on as deep as I'm willing to pile it on, maybe 12 inches deep or so, and maybe 15 to 18 inches across or 24 inches across, and then just let it be. And then I'll bet you you'll get them to overwinter. And then in the spring, you know, the foliage is going to be all toast. In the spring, you can go ahead and pull that mulch back. And then at that point, cut the stem back uh, to just a couple inches or three inches or whatever. And then almost for sure, you'll get them to overwinter that way. And that way they'll have... I I don't know. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. That that way they'll have a a lot more time to get the roots established um, coming up in the spring and having all season to get their their feet in the ground, so to speak. Because they don't have time to do that in the fall. And if you cut them in the fall, they actually have a hollow stem, and that cold air can translocate down through the plant and and cause some problems. And if you were to use a heavy mulch like soil or a heavier compost versus something lighter weight like a bark, you're going to hold moisture around there, and it doesn't want that. And because they are a fibrous plant, they'll tend to heave um, if you don't have them mulched in too, which also uh, lessens the chance of them to overwinter. Well, that's one of the challenges in planting them because, uh, you know, you'll, you'll find beautiful plants, but uh, because they are so full, it's it's hard to get a um, uh, deep enough of a dig to really get them set in. And so yeah. you're, you're pretty shallow uh, so much of the time just because of the foliage of the plant. And, uh, and I never thought of going that deep with, uh, with mulch. So, yeah, it'll make a difference. Yeah, 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 it will. Okay. Well, cool. We'll have to give that Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you, folks. Hey, thanks, Scott. Have You're a good welcome. weekend. You too. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty. Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Uh, I don't know if we really have time to touch upon this too much, but Dave Leak earlier this morning found this story on AP, and, and uh, U of I has written on it already some, but uh, the invasive species uh, to contend with in the garden, jumping worms. Uh, and they are similar to earthworms, uh, but they are outcompeting the earthworms. Um, they are now believed to be in 35 Illinois counties. They eat the nutrient-rich topsoil that fertilizes plants, keeps the soil most moist. Anyway, according to the article from the U of I Extension Office, it isn't, uh, it isn't uh, a dangerous period. <laughs> You're saying we have more so things to worry about in 2021 than it, that? But yeah, it'll be okay. like yeah. Like rabbits. I'm sorry. Rabbits, yeah. <laughs> Wow, okay, show's over so well, fast. Yeah. I know. Happy gardening, folks. Yeah, if yeah, we don't get sure. much rain this week, be out there watering, please. Okay. Yeah, for sure. for sure. This has been Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with experts Marianne Metz, John Weisgarber, and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our on-site engineer is Brooke Sholem, and our studio producer is Dave Leak. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great weekend, and uh, certainly, yeah, water the plants if they need it.